Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. And another just came in and said, Lisa, this Adderall shortage is frustrating for us pharmacists, too. That's our buddy Jim in Dixon. That's what we're talking about right now. Dr. Sterling Elliott is with us, clinical pharmacist at Northwestern. I understand that it's one side blaming the other, that the DEA, which sets limits on the types of amphetamines that pharmaceutical companies can use to make the pills, says companies have more than enough raw ingredients to produce ADHD medications. Drug makers are saying that's not true, that they've run out of ingredients and they need the DEA's permission to acquire more. What is really happening, Dr. Elliott? Lisa, good afternoon. Thanks for having me join you. I I, I think that's really at the crux of it, right, is that we're all frustrated and we're all in the middle of it. And it's really hard to tell what's the legitimate story here. Um, We're getting both sides. And what we're all seeing, as Jim pointed out in the text line, is that it's frustrating for everyone, for for patients, for parents. Many of our patients are kids. Um, And for us, trying to get them the the medications. Unfortunately, Lisa, there's no clear explanation as to what's going on here. And how many different types of medications treat ADHD? Or, you know, could be identified as an Adderall-type medication? Sure. You have a number of different types of medications. The gold standard, the one that that we see working pretty hard and and pretty extensively in the community, are are the stimulants, uh, the amphetamine-type stimulants. And and that's things like Adderall is one of the brand names. And we can see a number of other different brand names that are out there as well. Um, There are some other drugs which which also work generally to stimulate concentration, and they may work by a little bit different mechanism, but really and truly the amphetamine salts are the ones that have been the workhorses for a long time. So when someone comes to get their prescription filled and you simply do not have the product, mm-hmm. how do you advise them? Should they space out their daily dose to maybe one every other day, or what are your patients doing? Well, I, I, I think um, the first thing that you do is you try to call around and you try to see if you can help the patient find another option, right? I mean, that's that's really the best. Um, it's, it's really difficult. You, you want to stay as far away as you possibly can from recommending that we alter the frequency that people take these medications. One of the things, one of the ways these medications work really well is we find a dose that works and we find the timing that works and we make sure that patients take that dose reliably so that we keep the concentrations of those drugs in their bloodstream at a pretty consistent level and they don't have real wide fluctuations. When you start playing with the frequency that you give doses, you start to get into trouble. So I think really the first thing you'd want to do is work your the best thing you can to see if you can help the patient find another option. People are saying that lives could be at stake when people don't have access to the medications they need. Is this medication life-altering to the point where people could be in danger if they didn't get their prescription? You know, I've read that, I've seen it, and I've heard it said. Um, and I think there's some legitimacy to it. Um, I, I think that the vast majority of patients who are taking these medications are taking these medications because they've had significant issues with being able to concentrate, with being able to focus. And that may have led them to having certain, you know, 
problems, right? I mean, certain deficits and, and being able to really work at their optimal level. And, and so these drugs certainly play a great role in helping patients be able to do that. And, and I have to imagine that when patients can't do that and they're having difficulty, it can cause problems with self-confidence. It can cause problems with belief in their abilities. And perhaps over a long period of time, I mean, that could manifest Mm-hmm. That way, where where patients are are getting into trouble and finding themselves not being able to function the way they'd like to, and it could have, I, I would imagine, longer standing consequences. So we're almost a year into that, into this situation where people can't get their Adderall, and like you said, it it certainly is prescribed to a lot of children. So if if you did say the crux of the issue is a drug enforcement administration saying, "Hey, look." We are limiting the types of amphetamines that these companies can use to make the pills. And the companies are like, hey, that's not true. We've run out of ingredients. Who who says something has to be done? I mean, is this something where there needs to be congressional hearings or what's next? You know, I, listen, certainly as I think we go further along the line, we really have to start asking those questions and, and finding out what what's going on. It, historically, the Drug Enforcement Administration has put limits on on the quantities and materials needed to make controlled substances, and, and the amphetamine salts, Adderall, and its other uh, competitors in the market fall into that category. Um, is it is it due to an illegitimate um, demand? Like you know, we always hear that college kids are trying to get through exam week; they're popping in Adderall. Uh, maybe they borrowed it from somebody. I mean, is that the issue? Is that leading to a shortage? I mean, that's well, that's the base. Certainly, Lisa, that's the basis of DEA's regulation of the of the product, right? I mean, historically, the amphetamine salts have been subjects of diversion, what we call diversion, where you know a, a legitimate prescription may be may fall into the wrong hands and then get moved through different sources and it, it falls into someone else's hands who who may or may not really need it. Um, probably may not, falling on the scale of may not. So, yeah, I mean, that's certainly a concern and that's always a concern with controlled substances. So what do you suggest um, I, for... Oh, go ahead. Continue your Yeah, thought. no, I mean, I just... You know, I, I think it's really troublesome, right? And and we've been we've been dealing with shortages in in the U.S. for a long, long time. It's a lot longer. This one has been in the public eye for about a year, and it's resurfaced in in a more problematic form. But um, I think this is this is something that we we struggle with every day in in the healthcare community. Well, and we're seeing it with what are being used as weight loss drugs, which also treat those with diabetes. And it just, it seems to be a new problem in this country. I don't remember another time where there was always a a shortage of drugs. And we accepted that perhaps it had to do with the pandemic and the supply chain issues, but we're beyond that. And it seems like an issue that needs to be resolved pretty quickly. I I think we need to, I think we really as a a country need to, um, band together and find out, you know, what is it, what is at the heart of the supply issue? Because it's obviously, it's, it's a troublesome thing for patients and, and for those of us who are working every day to help our patients, right? So you said that you would suggest patients call around or that the pharmacy actually calls around and tries to find a supply so that they can keep people, um, you know, with the drugs that they need. Is there anything else you can suggest who, you know, for people who take Adderall, their kids take Adderall and they just can't find it. Yeah. 
Uh, the biggest thing that I think I would I would throw out there to to the public is to be really on top of how much you have in your house and when you're going to need more so that you can go down the road of starting the process for the next for the next fill and the next supply in enough time that your pharmacy has some time to find supply you know a lot of times for those of us in the pharmacy business when our supply through our primary line is a problem oftentimes we have different channels that we can go to sort of like secondary channels and and we can work those channels but it's best when we can work those channels when we know we have some lead time to not be able to interrupt a patient's treatment perfect that's advice people need to know thank you so much for joining us dr elliott oh it was a pleasure happy to do it dr elliott clinical pharmacist at northwestern lawrence news is next from the northwestern medicine newsroom 